This is the Calm and Chaos Podcast, episode 57. I'm Thomas. I'm Casey. I'm Dakota. I'm Jaden. I'm Nathan. We're just a couple of everyday guys trying to become better versions of ourselves. Welcome to our conversation. This the world is chaos. Show or feel no nervousness, anger, or other strong emotion. Complete disorder or confusion. We're not only training our, you know, our defensive mindsets. We're also working, in, you know, in our spiritual lives and trying to make ourselves better human beings. Welcome back to the Comic Chaos Podcast, episode 57. How you guys doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm a little tired today. Don't sound I used up. I used up all my motivation yesterday. Yesterday during range day. Yeah. I have a headache and I am tired and I've driven three hours today already. Why? Where were you? Uh, from Slippery Rock to Catanning to Fort City to Butler and then I'm going back to Catanning after this. Oh, I thought you were going back to school. No. Then I'm going to school tomorrow. <laughs> oh, dear Lord. Uh, yeah. I'm perfectly fine. <laughs> <laughs> I, had, I had a nice day. Uh, yesterday the truck died, so I couldn't get to church this morning, so I just got to watch church online today. It was, it was really nice. Because <laughs> I'm usually there doing production stuff. Today I was just sitting back watching watching it. It's kind of nice, honestly. It was. It was really it's nice. It's a nice little break. I was I was moderating chat. I was adding all the notes in chat, and I just was like, I can do my job from home. Um, but like we said, we had ranged it yesterday. So Thomas, you want to go over some stuff from that? How it went? What you liked? What you didn't like? What we want to do next time? Because we're gonna start inviting people, and I have some people lined up that do want to come. Some people that know guns. Some people that don't really know guns. Some people that want to learn a lot. Yeah, we can talk about it. Um, <laughs> where do you want? Where do we start? Why you sound thrilled so so yesterday uh we had annalise and we had jake there and annalise was square one zero knows nothing and jake was a square three knows a little bit he did he did good um his skill level actually surprised me a little bit no offense if he listens to this he won't he probably won't but he, he he did better than i expected let's put it that way I was pleasantly surprised. I don't. I don't know that I took any conscious mental note of anything Jake did yesterday. Like I, I don't ever remember him like watching him shoot. Or I don't anything. either. You know, I, I, I didn't pay like I don't know. I don't, I don't think know. he didn't shoot a whole whole lot. Well, I don't think he had a whole lot to shoot. He said he had what he had and he was okay using it all. But I don't know how much he actually had with him. And it was miserable yesterday. So oh, the weather was just delightful. It was listen. I had a blast. Hailing. I was hyped for the weather. It was hailing all just, day. I'm glad it did not like actually rain. That yeah. was that was what really would have screwed my pooch. I was down with the weather. I always like horrible weather for range days. 
I was yeah. I was in for it yesterday. I was I was kind of good. I I, I had mentally prepared myself for like a full on thunderstorm all week. Same. And yeah. so whenever it was sunny and then it would blow wind and snow like the Dickens for <laughs> five for fifteen, for minutes, at 15 a time. minutes and then go back to being sunny again, I was I was pretty excited. But uh, that hand warmer thing, best decision for a range day I have ever made. Yeah, that was nice. Um, but no, I Jake did well. Annalise did well. I'm surprised she came because it was miserable. Props, I, was su- I was surprised at that. Props to her. Thanks, um, thanks for showing up. We appreciate it. And she, not complaining. Yeah. Yeah, really. She didn't complain, even though she was miserable. It was cold. Um, so some things that we're going to get set up for when we have other people come is we're going to get SOPs set up, standard operating procedures, Casey. I saw you. I needed that too. I still, you've been saying that for three weeks, and I still don't know what it means. Standard operating procedures. So what I want to have is a list, an outline of how we want the day to go. We're going to have, like, safety rules. We're going we're gonna to pray in safety rules, kind of gauge where everybody's at shooting-wise. Most of the people that come to the ranch days, we kind of know because they've been coming. But for the, for the new people, we want to gauge where you're at, figure out what we need to go over with you guys and what kind of things you want to get better at. Um, and then we'll just shoot. Uh, one thing that we did yesterday that I really liked was we split up the like people that kind of know what they're doing, that have been to a lot of range days, and the people that don't really know what they're doing, and we kind of gave each of them their own area. I don't know. Let's let's word it like this. There was like a beginner's section of people working on like you know more beginner stuff, and there was some of us who were a little bit more advanced that we worked on a little bit more advanced stuff because there was really there was really no reason for like like immediately me and Nick split off and we kind of went over and we started doing like malfunction clearing stuff like that and then um oh sorry am I a little low you're a little far but you're okay um we started doing like malfunction clearing and stuff like that so like there was obviously no reason to drag like Annalise and Jake into malfunction clearing when they've shot once once ever you know so I think I think that actually worked out pretty well like that. I do too, and I was thinking about it like for the future when we 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 want to have these range days be a thing where we actually get to teach people how to use guns and do drills and stuff like that. It would be cool if for like the beginners we had say Thomas just teaching them all the basics, everything they need to know, and then for the more advanced people say we have you and Nick over on the other side going over a set list of drills right and we have things mapped out to say these are the drills we're going to work on today these are the drills we're going to work on the next day like everything's set out real nice and neat i don't know i have i have a lot of ideas on how i think it should be set up but these are behind the scenes talks I so talk about it now <laughs> i think the the one thing in my head that i keep thinking about for the future is like um sorry i'm I'm uh, making flashcards for studying. Um, the one thing I keep thinking about for, like, what I want to do is, like, security teams for our churches and stuff like that. I think that would be, like, huge. Because th- did you say you're getting involved with yours, too, yeah. Thomas? Yeah, I am. Okay, so you're getting involved with yours. My church is just now making one. We have like, one. We're, we're, like, I guess if you want to say launching it on Easter weekend. And then, obviously, Jihau has one. I was on that while I was there. So, like, I, I think that would be, like, a huge one that would... First of all, it's easy, I think, because, like, at least one of us will be familiar with everyone mm-hmm. that would be there. So, it would be nice. Like, obviously, you would be familiar with G-Hows. I'm familiar with Redemptions. You're familiar with your churches. So, well, maybe. 
I was gonna say maybe I don't I don't know how familiar you are, but um, that would be a good one. Yeah, and, and it kind of even like having all these different churches come out for a rain day and doing security training. I think it would give this the security team a peace of mind, like saying, "Wow, I've actually went out and I've shot with the guys that are supposed to be helping protect with me. I, I know they can shoot, and I know that they're they're capable." Yeah, that was for ours because, like I said, we're kind of like just getting it organized now. Um, they had like a little handout for the people that they selected to be on it, and um, there was like a it was like an eight or nine question little form just to fill out or whatever. And um, one of the questions was like, "Do you have your concealed carry?" And then the follow up question with that was, "Are you?" I don't remember how it's worded. Like, "Are you willing or whatever to?" put in training time together to advance your skills with concealed carry weapons. And I literally wrote, absolutely. <laughs> it was like all I wrote. I was like, I already do that. Like, I'm in. Like, And there was like a thing on there. It was like, if you know a potential range that we could use, let me, like, let the director know. I was like, I I'm am the, the man. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm the, the guy man. you got to talk to. Already working on it. So I think for legal reasons, though, you guys should probably, like, say that you're not certifying anybody in anything oh yeah yeah well, eventually that's the goal i know i'm just saying as of right now just so nobody comes back and says you know hey whatever just like you're not yeah. getting certified anything but just practicing yeah i just know that stuff kind of come back and bite you in the rear yeah hope not i don't i don't plan on being certified in anything i'll let my shooting speak for itself we'll just uh we'll give people a paper to sign and that's good enough to hold up in court yeah I was also thinking we, about we, that. We will have to figure out that kind of stuff. If I, we're I was start doing. Legality is so cool. I love it. <laughs> I yeah, was talking to uh, some people at the church. I think Annalise was one of the people I was talking to about getting waivers and stuff, just so people don't shoot themselves, and we get in trouble for it. Yeah. Um, or Macker gets in trouble for it because it's on his land. Yeah. That would be really bad. But the real episode here is we're going to be talking about Job, a continuation of last week's episode. Nathan and Casey. Uh, fasted a week or two ago and that's what they studied so we're going to continue our discussion on that so nathan doesn't get too bored while we're sitting here talking about guns <laughs> we gotta get you out to the range get your concealed carry permit Wait, he needs a gun first get your gun what are you doing he's waiting for a signing bonus he already i already i'm working on it aren't you a marksman june i am yeah didn't you <laughs> yeah, get we're that still waiting, we're still waiting on you to you know outshoot Jaden. i'm shooting again on april 10th on my base Dude, I'll show up. <laughs> Can we beat that? Yes. <laughs> Can we outshoot ninety percent of the outshoot people? In the every, I will outshoot everybody there. <laughs> I I shot yesterday and I surprised myself because I was trying to show Annalise because she was using my red dot and she was really confused. She was like, "How do you, how do you get the red dot to move?" Because she was moving her head instead of moving the gun because she couldn't find confusing. the. Yeah, it's it's confusing the first time you ever see one. But she was doing it, and I was showing her how to do it. And I was like, well, if you want to aim at the left, you have to move the gun actually left. And I shot one right in the left of the circle. And then I was like, then right and right and right of the circle. And then I went right dead center. And I looked at it, and I went, holy cow. Yeah, I was watching you do that. I was just standing there because I think I had just, like, emptied my magazine. I was just sitting there watching. And then you did that perfectly. I was like, did he mean to do that? Did he actually mean to do that? <laughs> it's what I meant to do, but I didn't think I would do it as clean as I did. And I was like, dang. <laughs> I was like, these might be paying off. <laughs> But yeah, Mr. Marksman, we got to get you out there so I can prove to everyone I'm a better shot than I think. Yeah, I've been I've been telling the Jaden I'll shoot him for the past year. 
I, I honestly hope it happens. <laughs> Have you done any, like, pistol shooting? A little bit. I mean, okay, so just, you're not good then. Just, like, <laughs> just for fun. Like, Dude, it took, me, it took me four years it's, it's and thousands of rounds to get to where I am. Yeah, it's, it's taken me quite a while to get decent. I hate pistol shooting. Hey, listen, as long, as, like you get, as, long as you get a gun that doesn't have a red dot and you let me use my red dot, I'm confident in my abilities. <laughs> I'll let you cheat with mine. <laughs> Um, but Job, so we ended at chapter 10 last week. Uh, where are we starting off now? Chapter 11, or are you guys going to skip a little bit ahead? I'll we'll just, uh, just pick up where we left okay, off. 11's good. All right, Job Nathan, 11. your microphone is about 10 feet from your face. I'm sorry, everyone. Hi, I'm here. I'm here now. Dude, your voice doesn't pick up. It's weird. I'm just, Built I don't different. have my energy today. Dude, you have his voice cranked. Yeah, Crank dude. Me up. His gain is like all the way up. <laughs> say something. Hey, what's up, everyone? And now if I say something, I'm up here. And he's cranked way higher than me. That's crazy. I don't, have, I don't have the energy to output my voice today. <laughs> oh, wait. I think that... Never mind. You're on number two. Yes. I'm cranking Thomas. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, oh wow. No. 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 Okay. Well, we are in shambles. Today. We are in shambles. All right. All right, so, guys. I'm going home. <laughs> chapter 11, Job. This has been. So, w- can you guys give us a recap of chapter 1 through 10 just real quick? Like, what, what happened yes. in those chapters? So, how much of a Just, just quick. 13 want? seconds. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Job is an extremely humble servant of God. Satan went to God and said, pretty much, can I torment Job? Because if I torment him, he will not stay faithful to you. God said, yes, you can you can torment him. I know he will be humble to me and will not denounce my name. Um, do not touch his being. Jo- or Satan goes and torments Job, kills his whole family, uh, burns down his crops. I mean, it wasn't Satan doing it, but it was. It was like actual like natural things, like wind blowing his house down, people coming and raiding his farms, taking all of his animals. His children all died at the same time when the house fell. Um, Next chapter, Satan goes back to God and says, well, I didn't touch his being, so if I I harm him, then he'll denounce you. So God says, okay, just do not take his life. So Job gets horrible boils, sits in the ashes of his... Uh, home. Yeah, of his home and his children and his land. The ashes of his Literally, children. Literally, he's sitting in the ashes of all the stuff that he had, and he's scraping boils off of his body with pottery. And if you guys want to know what boils are, listen to the last episode because I almost vomited. It's funny. Did um, we explain what boils were in the last episode? Yeah, we looked it up, remember? <laughs> it's we, didn't, we didn't explain it. We just looked up the picture. Ah, uh, okay. You kind of explained what they were. Did I? I was yeah. just say. Yeah. Uh, it's been two weeks since we recorded the last one. Whoa, whoa! Don't tell the audience our secrets. Nah, I don't care. <laughs> they need to know. Now I'm revealing the secrets. They deserve to know. <laughs> yeah, but behind the, the curtain here, man. The book goes on. Um, Job's wife is still alive, but she's not very helpful. She says, "Look what God's done to you." Um, Kill yourself. Curse God and die. Or, or, curse or, God and die. That, that was her direct words. I think it was in chapter three. She says, "Curse God and die." That's so funny. And then after she kind of runs away, uh, Job's friends show up. And we talked about the first two friends, which was from chapter 5 to like 10, I think. I think it's 3 through 10. Eliphaz. What's the second one's name? There's Eliphaz, Zophar, and that other one. No, Zophar is the third, isn't it? One of them started yeah. with a B, didn't it? But, no. 
Eliphaz was the Bildad. first. Bildad is the second. Bildad. So far. Bildad. That's like was, the easiest I, one to remember. I was Bildad. thinking Balthazar, but that's David or Daniel. I was thinking Bilbo, but that's the Hobbit. Bilbo, Bilbo Baggins. <laughs> so pretty much in chapter 11, we're picking up with Zophar. Which is the third friend who came to visit Job to try to comfort him. Okay. In, in some ways. So, chapter 11, what are we going? Where are we going? Well, I don't really have too many uh, notes for chapter 11 itself, but really just picking up with Zophar's speech, and he's just retreading a lot of what we said about pretty much what Bildad and uh, the other guy said. <laughs> I know we just went over the name, and I already can't remember. <laughs> Eliphaz. Eliphaz, that's it. Bildad and the other guy. Elephant, Bildad and Eliphaz. Bildad and Bildad. what's the other one? Zophar. Nebuchadnezzar. Zophar, we can't remember any of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right, cut it. So basically, he's saying the same thing. It's like, you've done something. That and, and God is punishing you, and Job is vehemently replying, no, I've done nothing wrong. All of chapter 11 goes through, he's pretty much just spitting out the same exact things, and he's saying, here in verse 13, he says, if thou prepare thine heart and stretch out thine hand toward him, he's just saying, you need to repent, you need to make right with God that which you've done wrong. And it's really just a lot of retreading of that, especially for 11. If we skip on to uh, 12... We see Job starts replying, and I, I just like the preface. I don't have very many highlights from eleven through thirty because a lot of the uh, the big things come at the end when actually God shows up mm-hmm. and the fourth friend shows up, and the revelation actually happens. Yeah, it's it's incredible that this is really just a forty two chapter conversation. Yeah. I, that's what actually really just blows my mind. It's not even really a story; it's just yeah. a dialogue. So, verse tw- uh, chapter twelve goes much with the same as Job answered. He's saying. Pretty much that you guys, you know, are telling me, you know, the wrong thing to do because if I was, why would I not repent and fix my problem if I could? And something specific, I believe, that I have here, in cha- skipping on to chapter 13, this is uh, 13 through 16. It's This is the King James Version. I like the way it's put here. I'm going to read it in the King James, and then we can discuss it in the ESV or... Whatever Nathan's version. Nathan, what version do you have? I was reading NIV. NIV, whatever works. So it basically says, uh, Hold your peace, let me alone that I may speak, and let come on me what will. This Where, is Job speaking. This is Job speaking, okay. correct. Wherefore do I take my flesh in my teeth and put my life in mine hand? Though he slay me, yet will I trust in him, but I will maintain my own ways before him. He also shall be my salvation, for an hypocrite shall not come before him. So this is really just, to me, was the summary of pretty much what Job's saying. He's saying... To his friends, stop talking. I'm, I, I know what I've done. I'm going to tell you what I've done. And he goes on to say, even if God kills me, I will still trust in him. But I will not change my way for I've done nothing wrong. So pretty much he's, t- he's taking his stand at this point. He's saying, he said it many times over, but this is the pinnacle of him saying, I will do what God says. But however, I am not changing my ways for I've done nothing wrong. I've, I have mm-hmm. not been a hypocrite before him he's not actually done anything wrong really so and i I think this is something we can take a look at a lot of our lives as well because when we when we do have troubles a lot of times i mean i can only speak for myself but it's like what have i done wrong to you know have this happen to me it's like a first thought whether it's right or wrong but i do that all the time anytime even the slightest thing happens like 
people drive 15 mile an hour under the speed limit. <laughs> I'm like, why, God? What did I do? What did I do to deserve this? Kind it happened of thing? on the way here, actually. Mm-hmm. I was getting 32 down 356, which is a 55, and I complained to Kylie about it. <laughs> and she was like, you know why it probably always happens to you? Because you always complain about it. I was like, yeah, probably. I, uh, so th- this past week, so I had, I think you guys know, I got offered a job, and it was a really good job. I turned it down because it doesn't uh, line up with church. Like, it, they wanted me to work mandatory Sundays. And I was like, I can't do that. I'm working at my church right now. And then yesterday, or the day before, I'm driving to pick Annalise up. Transmission in the truck blows. I, I'm like, okay, well, now my family only has one vehicle. Uh, and then I get home, and my dad hands me a letter from the IRS, and I didn't get any of my tax money back. I got $2. <laughs> Woo, $2. $2. It, but then my mom looked at me, and she went, but you're not negative. You don't owe them any money. I was, like, I was like, okay. And it was just like all of these things that day were piling up, and I was just like, I thought I was good. Like I had just taken all of those kids to Cincinnati – I'm doing youth stuff, and I'm feeling real good about my faith. I'm feeling real good about God. And then all of these things just piled up in one day. And I was like, what? Like, what just happened? Like, I thought I was I thought I thought was on a good track. And then it all just hit me. And I was like, dang. Okay. I guess I'm just going to move on. Yeah, and that's, that's honestly just very common for, like, most people is that when something bad happens, you immediately assume, what have I done to deserve this? Yep. I don't like people's like well, why do bad things happen to good people? It's just a common saying in our culture is like well, if, you, if you do good things, then good things should happen to you. But as we're seeing, I was watching more videos on Job uh, this past week, and there was one where the guy put up like he put up quotes of what he was saying on the screen, which is really helpful whenever it was like really important. And I took a few screenshots, and this one says, "The Book of Job wasn't written primarily to show us an example of someone who suffers while being righteous." It was written to help us think rightly about God, especially when we suffer. Mm. You know, I so, like that a lot. Yeah. There's another one that I'm saving for later, okay. but it also goes along with that. Okay. Wow, what a tease. Wow. That was good. I love a good mm-hmm. tease. Now you're, now so you're thinking. Stay mm-hmm. tuned. Chapter 13 goes on as pretty much starting Job's reply. I skipped on the 14 after that for because I think Job in this chapter, there's it's 7 through 10. He really sums up how he's feeling. In this moment, especially with his friends coming and pretty much condemning him for doing nothing wrong, essentially. This is King James again. Uh, For there is hope of a tree. If it be cut down, then it will sprout again, and that the tender branch thereof will not cease. Though the root thereof wax old in the earth, and the stalk therefore die in the ground. Yet through the scent of water it will bud, and bring forth boughs like a plant. So that all sounds really hopeful and nice, right? It's like talking about, oh, the hope of a tree, you know, mm-hmm. growth, rebirth, death. And then in 10, he just goes, but man dieth and wasteth away. <laughs> Dead man giveth up the ghost, and where is he? He just immediately was like, I don't have the hope of a tree. I'll die, good and I won't I'm, be born again. Good thing I'm not a tree. <laughs> That's funny. So he's in like, like we talked about in the last episode, was just despair. Like, this man has no hope. Yeah. He's still trusting in God, but... He's hopeless. And we'll see further as it further goes in. He gets more accusatory. Of God. Of God. But that's that's yet to come. And then when we move on to chapter 15, we're kind of go breezing right through this. But it's, cool. it's a lot of it's just retreading. And it's it's definitely worth reading, but not really much to talk about because we just be talking about the same things over yeah. and over again. Because his, his friends keep telling him. He keeps him. telling him essentially the same thing. Yeah. It's really poetic language, really. A lot of different like euphemisms and symbolism. It's really nice. 
But 15 is Eliphaz speaks, uh, and then we have another reply from Job in 16. Is there anything you have to say about either of those chapters, Nathan? Um, Eliphaz, Bildad, and Zophar all mention throughout this 38-chapter discussion, they all talk about him getting his life back. They all talk about getting his possessions back. Like, if you repent to God, he will return your wealth. He will return... Obviously not your family. Rest in peace. But Rip. Yeah. But Job talks about so Job's friends all are talking about his material possessions, but Job's not interested in those things. And it doesn't say that he's interested in those things throughout the entire conversation. All he is interested in is defending his innocence and retaining his relationship with God, even though it's extremely wavering at this point. Mm-hmm. It goes on. I mean, the rest of the discussion, and you can you can see it talks about his wavering faith and how he's losing literally all hope. And Job fourteen fifteen ties along with that. It says, "You will call, and I will answer you. You will long for the creator or for the creature your hands have made." So he's talking. Job's talking to God, and he's saying, "I want to be the ideal human that you made me to be, but right now I can't." It's like it's difficult for Job whenever he's getting so much horrible feedback from his friends who are telling him that he's sinned. And his wife. And his wife. Telling him to kill yeah, himself. Yeah, telling him to curse God and die. Uh, like, dude, what a, what a, like, remember, remember when we were talking a few weeks ago about how we need to get, like, hilariously dark Bible verses and, like, put them, like, in a frame, like, around our house. God and, and die is definitely. Put curse God and die in a frame a and hang that one up. Hey. Hoodie idea, baby. <laughs> Curse God and die, dude. Dude, I that sends a message, huh? Seriously, wow. I, I, some of these hoodies that I'm thinking about making, they're gonna have some verses like that where people are gonna be like, "What?" And it'll it'll start good conversations with even Christians. Yeah. Well, even if we're talking about dark verses, I mean, even the opening of Job 17, Job 17, 1. My breath is corrupt. My days are extinct. The graves are ready for me. <laughs> like I like that a lot. He's, so he's just saying. Hold on, hold on. I'm writing up, that down. Straight up saying, like, write that down, write that down. <laughs> death must be ready for me. My suffering is so great that death has to be around the corner. There is no other option. And he's just saying, why? <laughs> Job seventeen one. That's yes, what it was. Yeah. Yeah, that my breath is corrupt, my days are extinct. The grave's ready. To the true me. fans, if that's a hoodie, you know where it came from. <laughs> I don't think I could rock a curse God and die hoodie outside. <laughs> Not outdoors. Yeah, that one's way. That out one's out a little. Context. That one's a little. Lot. Just put the verse. Yeah, that one's way out of context. No, but like some of the like the Ecclesiastes one two. I really oh, want to put it on a dude, hoodie. That's my verse right there. Just, just it says Ecclesiastes one two on the front, and then the back just says meaningless, meaningless. Everything is meaningless. <laughs> See, I like the older translation better. I like I like the older uh, translation of "Oh, vanity of vanities, all is vanity." Oh, I think that hits harder. The one, than meaningless, the one that I saw first was "futile." I think there's a I think there's a translation that says "futile." Yeah. I like but yeah, dark stuff like that. I'm gonna. I like it. That's so funny. <laughs> and seventeen was also part of Job's reply. That was him saying. Uh, Eighteen, we get back into Bildad. Uh, Nate, if you do have anything to say on these ones that I'm just kind of breezing over, you just good, you man. just jump right in. You You're just good. you just hit hit hard, hit I didn't fast. Take a ton of notes on the discussion either. So, 19 is where my next uh, note and highlight is, and it's another one of Job's replies. It starts out, and he says, "Job answered, How long will ye vex my soul and break me in in pieces with words?'" And he's saying to his friends, "This he's like, could you guys just stop? Like, 
that's pretty much what he's saying is to his friends. Like, you guys aren't helping. You guys are condemning me for something I haven't done. Can you guys just stop talking? Just stop. Why, why do you do this to me? And it says, these ten times have ye reproached me. So they've just been sitting here after they sat with him in silence for seven days. And now they're just like, I don't know, man. You just need to, you need to get right with God. I'm just do you. better. Just, just repent, man. It's fine. I just, I can't even imagine how frustrating that is. Yeah. To, because I mean, think about it. You've done nothing wrong, and your the friends, the people that you are there for, like, to have support from, are just like, I don't know, man. You need to repent. <laughs> no, That's... no useful advice at all. No. Which chapter is that? This is uh, nineteen. Well, twenty-one stems right off of that. Well, I got one more note. Okay, good, good. Nineteen, and this was actually something uh, that Job says. And I actually like it. This is uh, something I wanted to take more notes on. I didn't get to it, unfortunately. Was uh, It's things that point towards uh, Christ further in the Bible. So these words, I, I think, hit pretty hard. It says, this is 25 through 27. For I know that my Redeemer liveth, and that he shall stand on the latter day upon the earth. And though after my skin worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh shall I see God, whom I shall see for myself, and my eyes shall behold, and not another. Though my reins be consumed within me. It's like, there's just, when, I didn't really understand the Old Testament for like the longest time. When you start reading it, even just simple conversations, you see things pointed towards the gospel. And this verse really, these two, three verses just really stood out to me. Like that's, that's the gospel right there. That is. Can we read that in modern day real quick? Do you have it, Nathan? Uh, Do you want me to pull it up? 19 what? What was it? I have an ESV here, but somebody else can read it. I forgot my Bible. What is it, 19? 19, 25 through 27. For I know that my Redeemer lives, and he shall stand at last on the earth. And after my skin is destroyed, this I know, that in my flesh I shall see God. What would you say, 25 and 26? And 27. And 27. Whom I shall see for myself, and my eyes shall behold, and not another, how my heart yearns within me. Hmm. Wait, real quick. Um, Dakota was talking about, or either Dakota, Dakota or Casey, you were like, that's the gospel. Like, reading, the reading you, you can find the gospel in, like, sentences, like, short sentences in the Old Testament. Yeah, stuff. yeah. I found a YouTube channel and doing some more research called Spoken Gospel, and that's what, like, they kind of specialize on. Like, they go back through the Old Testament, and they pull the gospel out of, like, all of these, not meaningless, but, like, Things that you would skip over. Right. It's not like and a direct the, prophecy yeah, or yeah. anything. It's, it's literally yeah, just it's words like, in a sentence that somebody's talking. It's yeah. like if we were just sitting at dinner and said some words and it pointed towards the future. Like yeah. It's just so something that is crazy to grasp. It's like all throughout the Bible in these just one-off conversations that it's pointing towards the gospel all along. It's, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Spoken Gospel is that YouTube channel. You know how you know how when we were younger and we we were growing up learning all this Bible stuff and everyone said well all throughout the Old Testament it prophesied that Jesus was coming back and all this other crap and I I always found it really interesting because they they always told us all that it prophesied it and all that but no one ever showed us no one was ever like here are the prophecies and yeah. I never have looked into it but it's always been something in the back of my mind. That all right, we're back. Sorry, I just accidentally closed out the recording, but we're back. Um, you were talking about not being shown the gospel in the Old yeah, Testament. No one, ever, no one ever showed us the actual verses, and I think it's interesting to see that you were reading through and you found one. Um, I don't know. I just, I just like those things. I do too. That's, finding those that was legitimately things. one of my only highlights in 
in the 11 through 30 was that. So it's not even just in Job; it's just in everything else too. Mm-hmm. Like even in, even like you can just see it in most books in the Old Testament. It just happened. <laughs> um, I'm so confused. Uh, never mind. Well, I hope I hope that it didn't just jar everyone listening that I just accidentally exited out. But that's fine. That's I'll edit good. the two together. That's all right. Um, but okay, so that's that's nineteen. Nathan, you twenty one. I have one in twenty. Oh, you have one in twenty. Okay. Yeah, this is uh, this is another one of those ones. If you watch the listen to the first episode, rather, this is finding wisdom in the wrong thing being said. This is uh, Zophar coming back and saying something to Job, and he does say something here that I think is profound, but he uses it to condemn Job when there's no reason to condemn him. Mm-hmm. This is uh, 4 through 8. Would you rather me read it in old speech or modern English? Whatever you want. Okay. I have it highlighted in King James. And so. then we'll go back and read it in modern if we... This is 4 to. through 8 in Job 20. Knowest thou not of this old, since man was placed upon the earth, that the triumphing of the wicked is short, and the joy of the hypocrite but for a moment... Though his excellency mount up to the heavens, and his head reach into the clouds, yet he shall perish forever like his own dung. They which have seen him shall say, Where is he? He shall fly away as a dream, and shall not be found. Yea, he shall be chased away as a vision of the night. So what I took from that was is that he's speaking some truth there. It's like the hypocrites, the evil, their triumph is short-lived. They might be their whole life. They may triumph their whole life. They may make as many gains as they like. They might do everything they've set out to do when they aren't to be put in our culture. They might make as much money. They might have every material thing they want, but what good does it do them? Mm-hmm. It's short-lived. Mm-hmm. When they pass, nothing nothing goes on. And that's another one of those things. That it, for me, it draws to Ecclesiastes. We're saying these things, I was just about to say that. these things just do not persist through death. It's it's short lived. It's so like a blink. Is that something that you found a lot when reading Job that it draws ties to Ecclesiastes absolutely, or absolutely. similarities? Yeah, I think because Ecclesiastes talks about the struggle of men living, mm-hmm. and this is legitimately Job's personal story of pretty much struggle. Mm-hmm. So I think that's probably okay. you probably look at any story in the Bible, even any story in general, you'll see uh, parallels, but in Ecclesiastes. So. Yeah. Yeah. So if if you guys have never read Ecclesiastes. Do it because we're going to be talking about it forever because it's one of the best books we've ever read. Um, but okay, keep going. Um, so 21 is kind of a combination of 19 and 20. <clears throat> you can see, I mean, you, Casey talked about 19, how Job is getting frustrated with his friends and what they're saying. And then he's also getting frustrated with the fact that what Casey just said, there's the sinners in the world and the people that denounce God and don't even want anything to do with God, they live their whole lives in happiness. And they, they don't seem to come across this turmoil. So 21 starts out with Job saying, Listen carefully to my words. Let this be the consolation you give me. Bear with me while I speak, and after I have spoken, mock on. He, pre- <laughs> he pretty much says, Let me talk, and then you guys can keep on just being jerks pretty much so <clears throat> verse 4 says is my complaint directed to a human being why should i be in pa- or why should i not be impatient so he's pretty much saying my my frustration and my hopelessness is 
towards God right now. I, it's not. I, there's no reason for me to have patience for this. I'm not talking to a human being who will get back to me in a few days. Like I'm speaking with the creator of the universe. And he talks about, like I said, how sinners and people who want nothing to do with God, he says, they see their children established around them, their offspring before their eyes. Their homes are safe and freed from fear. The rod of God is not on them. And it goes on a few more. And then 13 says, they spend their years in prosperity and go down to the grave in peace. Yet they say to God, leave us alone. We have no desire to know your ways. Who is the Almighty that we should serve Him? What would we gain from praying to Him? And then I'm going to skip to the very end, which is uh, verse 34. Actually, if you don't want to skip that far, I have uh, something oh, in between yeah, there yeah. highlighted. I have uh, 22 through 26 highlighted. It, it kind of goes along the same thing. Yeah. How, it's it's a parallel that. between what the last person said yeah. with uh, you know, the evil dying and not you know, it's a short-lived kind of victory kind of thing. But Job comes back at them and says, Shall any teach God knowledge, seeing he judges those that are high? One dieth in his full strength, being holy at ease and quiet. His breasts are full of milk, and his bones are moistened with marrow. Another dieth in the bitterness of his soul, and never eateth with pleasure. They shall lie down alike in the dust, and the worms shall cover them. Mm. So pretty much he's saying there, it's like, it doesn't matter if you're high-born or, you know, legitimately the lowest of low. You'll be in the dirt, and the worms will eat you. Our graves are all the same size. <laughs> it reminds me of actually a quote. I can't remember where I heard it from. It's like, at the end of the game, the pawn and the queen go in the same box. That's yeah. essentially that. Yep. It's, congratulations, we all die. Good to know. It's actually, Nathan, you, you went to Harvest, so you might have heard Pastor Mike say this before. My, my pastor from my lifelong church of Harvest Community was, uh, he said this once, and it's always stuck with me. If you're ever anxious about the future, I have really good news for you. One day you're going to get sick and you're going to die. <laughs> but it's like at the same time, what is he saying with that? He's saying, don't be anxious. Yeah. You already know what's going to happen. You know how this ends. You'll oh, be dead. What is, what is the verse? Don't be anxious about anything but in everything by prayer and petition, something. Make your request, make your, make yeah, make your request known to God. You know, like a and the Bible peace of God, which that, transcends all understanding, will guide your hearts and your minds. Uh, I'm missing the end part, but yeah, I'm impressed. Yeah, that's, I'm impressed. I don't, I don't know where that's at. I don't remember. Uh, I was making fun of Harvest the other day, <laughs> just the name, like nothing actually specific. And I was like, we should all start a church called like Planting. <laughs> <laughs> call it Planting Community because there's like four Harvest communities around just here. Call it like Planting Group. Yeah, <laughs> Soul Garden. <laughs> um, Nathan, I'm impressed that you. Pulled that verse out of your butt. Thank you. <laughs> Wait, let me let me read this last verse in Job 21 real quick. Just to sum up how frustrated he is with his friends. This is, he's <clears throat> speaking directly to them now. He says, So how can you console me with your nonsense? Nothing is left of your answers but falsehood. <laughs> so he's pretty much done. <laughs> he does not want to hear any more of Eliphaz. You guys are wrong. Just shut up. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I got on 21. That was a cool chapter. Yeah, that was uh, my standout chapter essentially through the the middle bit of Job yes. was twenty one because it was like it kind of it's not the pinnacle of what he's saying, but to me it sums up what he's getting at. Okay. And uh, I don't have a highlight until twenty seven. So if you got anything between that, I'm good to skip. I'm good to skip. 
So pretty much it keeps going back and forth. I think Eliphaz speaks again. I think Bildad speaks again. And Job replies each time. And it, it, it's the same thing over and over. Job's like, please, stop. <laughs> I, I would rather speak to God at this point than speak to you. This is pretty much what they're getting at. And I think in Job 27, is Job, Job is continuing a reply to Bildad, who started in 25. And it's it's really just... The same repetitive thing that's being said over and over again. But it says, Moreover, this is just one through four. Moreover, Job continued his parable and said, As God liveth, who hath taken away my judgment, and the Almighty who hath vexed my soul. All the while my breath is in me, and the Spirit of God is in my nostrils. My lips shall not speak wickedness, nor my tongue utter deceit. So even still, as Job relentlessly tells his friends to stop talking, and he's saying, Why is this happening to me? He still is saying, I shall not speak wickedness nor my tongue utter deceit. He's still sticking to the path. Mm -hmm. He's starting, you know, he's having those doubts. He's having those like, you know, why me, God? But at the same time, he's like, I don't have enough to understand. So I'm not going to really say anything that bad. You, know? you Think about it like in your life. If, if you're having a conversation with people and they just keep berating you with the same thing over and over and over again, at some point, you just break and you say something you don't mean to. It happens all the time to people. And I think it's it's a testament to Job in this uh, story that the whole time over what? It was chapter 10 or chapter 3 to 30. The same conversation over and over and over again. And Job was just like, no, listen, this. No, listen, this. And I think that it's kind of teaching us like don't. Just because people keep saying the same thing to you doesn't mean it's right. Oh, yeah. It, it, it's it's essentially, we can draw a parallel for peer pressure, for mm -hmm. us especially. It's like, and your friends might not mean anything. They want to help you. There's a good chance they want to help you because they're your friend. But just because they want to help you, like, I know it's 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 such a, uh, a trope and things to say, like, the path to hell is paved with good intentions. It's an awful saying, really, because it just means nothing to us. But it is true. I mean, yeah. Just because you're trying to help somebody doesn't mean you're giving them the right advice or helping them. <laughs> Just because you want to do something. Can I pull that back to a range day? Mm -hmm. That's I. That's that's my internal battle with everything. Is like I know what works for me, and I'm trying to give other people good advice. But if it doesn't work for them, then I'm just telling them all this wrong stuff that's not actually helping. Hmm. That's my biggest concern with teaching people, just to get that out in the open. <laughs> that was kind of the thing from the range day, honestly, was, was like, because we were discussing stances for like five minutes because I had given some not so good advice unintentionally, but it was to just to get away from the uh, lean back stance of pistol shooting. And Thomas was like, well, why are you standing like an idiot? <laughs> and then they're like, oh, Casey told me to do that. <laughs> I remember hearing you yell like, the whole way wrong. across the field, did I give bad advice? <laughs> <laughs> like... And I was like, I was trying to help because the stance was really bad to start with, but I didn't know that I was like mm -hmm. being a little detrimental. Yeah, and it's, yeah, I don't know. That's that's something that I worry about because I know I know what works for me, and so that's because it works for me. I would like to think that it would work for other people, but the way that I grip a pistol, the way that my, the way that I stand, your hands are different. The way yeah. your body is different, and that's that's one of the things like. And I, and I try to stress it as much as I can. I'll give you the best advice that I have, but you have to figure out what works for you. I, don't know. I, I do just... that all the time at work, mm -hmm. having to teach new people how to weld. 
because I very self-admittedly weld the exact textbook way that you're not supposed to weld. Like, I do the exact opposite thing of every single welding book that has ever been out there, and I've never, like, failed a test doing it. So, like, whenever people, like, because my boss always has me or some, this one other person, like, help people with it. Sorry. Well, there's always, like, two of us that help people learn how to weld and stuff like that. And I'll, like, go through every, like, normal answer. I'll be like, you know what? F it. Try doing it the wrong way. And then, like, almost every single time it works for them. Mm-hmm. But I, I just just to give you another example, so, I guess. That was a little tangent. I, I think, mean to take I think it's important, though, because that's something for anyone in a teaching role should be a little bit concerned or at least be open-minded to the fact that just because I'm telling you something doesn't mean it's going to be what works for you. Because you guys both just said what you're concerned about. I have the same concern when I'm training new EMTs, like mm-hmm. people who just got fresh out of class and don't know how to actually work on the streets, so to speak. Yeah, It's, it's the same thing. as like you kind of got to find some of these more gray area things that work for you, especially when it comes to like extrication and all this stuff that's not exactly textbook. So, I mean, it, anyone who teaches should be concerned that they're not doing it correctly just because of book or that is the way that works for them. I would say that's what makes you good that's what makes you able to become a good teacher is that you're scared to teach wrong if you're not scared that you're gonna mess up if you're not scared that you could tell someone the wrong thing then you're always going to be stagnant in where you're at and you're just going to be teaching things but if in the back of your mind it's always like well i have to get better so that i can teach them correctly you're going to be getting better and i think that with with guns and stuff specifically it's really cool to see like so for example you were teaching Annalise was it yesterday yeah yesterday and um her hands are smaller she's Mm -hmm. shooting a different gun she is way smaller than you stature wise and you're showing her hey here are the fundamentals of how to do it but I can't tell you exactly how you should hold a gun because you're different I can show you the ropes I can show you how to walk but I can't tell you that how I walk is how you're going to walk. And it goes hand in hand with God where it's like my faith, the way I read the Bible, the way I study things, the way I serve at church isn't the same as Dakota and it never will be. What works for me isn't going to work for him. But we can both get to the same finish line. And I think, I think it's important that in your faith and in your whatever in your life, you it's nice to have mentors and it's nice to have friends around you that are going to show you things, but you always like Job have to be like, no, that's not right for me. This is the way that me and God work together. Like you can look at any of the pastors at your church and say, well, he's a pastor. He's living a good life. I'm going to do it exactly like him. Well, that it's not you. So it's not going to work that way. It's sometimes like the concept of the child touching the stove. You can mm-hmm. have people tell you a million times that a stove's hot, but you don't really understand that the stove's hot until you touch it. Mm-hmm. That's not to say you should intentionally make mistakes by any means, but sometimes the only way to learn is by doing it the wrong way, and sometimes that lesson sticks harder. I heard a quote. I don't know who it was by. It's Sometimes you just go scrolling through Instagram, and you get all those reels of people yeah. saying inspirational yeah, quotes. Yeah, yeah. I do that all the time. <laughs> but I got, I got this one. It was from uh, Jordan Peterson, actually. Is that his name? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jordan Peterson, and he said, the number one mistake that I see parents make for their kids is they stop their children from doing dangerous things carefully. Don't stop your kid from doing something dangerous carefully. If they are being careful 
and they're thinking about it and they're doing the thing, that's how they learn. If they're stupid and just doing stupid things, like they're like, oh, I'm going to stab myself in the leg with this knife to see what it's like. Don't let them do that. But if they're out on the swing set climbing something, it's dangerous and they might fall, but they're being careful and they're thinking about it, like stuff like that. And that really hit home with me where it's like you can't stop people from doing dangerous things carefully because that's how people learn. Um, I don't know why I said that, but I felt like it tied into what we were saying. Absolutely. We're talking about teachers. And yes. Yes. Because like that. that, that's pretty much all I have for Joe up until we get to like 31, which is kind of the second half. I don't know what time we're at. So, um, I don't. Is, is this is this the part where you start getting more notes again and start getting Oh, more yeah. Highlights? Like I have a ton of highlights in 31. Do you got anything? Not up to 31. Not as much as he does for. No, not up, up to. to 31 now. No, I'm, I'm pretty, I was done whatever my last uh, one was in the mid-20s up to 31 because it's all just the repetitive stuff. And I, like I said, there's good stuff in there. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's, a, it's a lot of repetitive stuff, and I just didn't highlight it. Okay. It did stick out. Well, so my issue here is I accidentally stopped recording, and I don't know how long we were recording before. I'm almost certain it was a 30 and change. So right now we're on 17 on the new recording. Is 47 too short? So, yeah. I'll stop at 47. I say it just depends. Do we? We're going to do this for the next like three or four minutes anyway, so we'll, we'll be at the 50 mark. <laughs> yeah, we'll be at the 50 mark. You're right. You're right. You're right. Um, no, yeah. I, I mean, we have I have a bird feeder. Oh, yeah, we could just, I mean, sum it up real quick, just to sum up the middle Sorry. the middle bit, because we had we had the setup. That was right. Yeah. Our first episode was, and the setup was very important, especially for the end coming up. But pretty much this middle bit is the constant tug of war between Job and his friends. Mm-hmm. It's them. Wanting to help and thinking Job's done something wrong. And Job's saying, no, no, no. I've not done anything wrong. Please leave me alone. Please stop telling me that I've done something wrong. I would like to figure this out. I want to know why, but this isn't helping. Mm -hmm. You know, there's got to come a point, like I was thinking about this in our situation, where like, you know, obviously this is like one of those situations with Job. There's got to be just certain things that happen in life that you have just got to know that there's absolutely nothing you can do for your buddy and you just got to shut up. And just, just be ready to up. listen to him. Yeah, just be Like, there. dude, this dude lost, like you said, everything. His house, his children, basically his wife. I mean, she didn't die, but she might as well have because she left him. And uh, told him to curse God and die. I'll touch on that one more time. But, like, he lost absolutely everything except his few buddies and his faith in God. So, like, and I, I feel like at this point he's getting ready to lose his buddies, too. Like, he's probably he's probably wishing they would just piss off. But, anyway... You just got to know when to shut up sometimes, I think. Yeah, the the parallel that I'm drawing that I'm kind of waiting for until we get to the end to really get in depth with this, but at your lowest, after you've exhausted all of your other options and you've lost all hope, God will still meet you in the low. Because like in this story specifically, we're getting there. (laughs) Yeah. So in this story specifically, like I I haven't read it, but I know the story well enough to know kind of what happens. But in this story, Job has lost everything. His friends have tried to help. They were wrong. Like Casey has said, and Nathan has said, Job is at a place of no hope. Like he he just, he doesn't know what's going on. He's lost all hope. And then God intervenes. Then God comes in and meets him where he is. And that was something that Pastor Nick preached on this morning was, God will meet you in the pain. God will meet you in the suffering. God will meet you in your abuse, in your whatever god will meet you in it you don't have to do something to get to god god will come and see you where you need to be seen and i i did a not really a sermon but a teaching on this 
last year at church camp and I, I titled it God there are no prerequisites with God like when you're in school and you have to take prerequisites for classes where it's like well you need to learn this stuff before you can do this and you need to take this class before you can take this one God doesn't have prerequisites God God will use the broken what's that saying uh, God qualifies the unqualified yes yeah like it, you, I've never heard that before really yeah it, God I like uses, it. I just never heard it before. God uses people that don't know what they're doing, and he has a track record of using people that shouldn't be used in our eyes. But in Why God's eyes, look at Paul. yeah, look at Paul. Look at any of the apostles. They they were just people that most of them were uneducated. It's just it's just very cool to see these stories in the Bible and people that I've seen in life where it's like God meets you where you need to be met you don't have to grow in any way you don't have to get lower for a long time i actually believed that because i grew up in christian household christian school all that i was like well my testimony sucks because i never hit a low and then one day i don't remember how it happened but like it kind of clicked in my head where it's like i don't have to hit a low to get close with god like i don't have to be at rock bottom and i think that that's an important thing that people need to learn is that just because your life is good, say you didn't go through any of this stuff with Job, that doesn't mean God still can't use you. Like you don't have to be at rock bottom just because people are out here with these testimonies where like I was shooting up heroin and I OD'd and then God met me there and now I'm preaching at all these churches. Just because your story isn't that doesn't mean that you don't have a story. Well, so when you think about it, people that have a comfortable life and then find God, it's like, it's just as strong a testimony, really, because it's like you had everything, mm-hmm. and it wasn't enough. What was enough, you know? It was when you found God. So, like, when you think about it, it's like, oh, it wasn't despair or anything. It was more like you just didn't have enough. Yep. You, you didn't find it. I don't want to bring it back to Ecclesiastes again, but, I mean, <laughs> we were just talking about things being meaningless. It's like you had everything you wanted. And then it would, it didn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. So, so like it's just it's just as strong, if not even stronger, for some people, you know. So, and speaking of things, uh, I don't want to bring it back to, but I'm going to bring it back to Exodus. <laughs> to, Exodus. To, to give you like the, to give you the origin of the God qualifies the unqualified thing. It's when God's talking to Moses to like whenever he's first telling him like, "Hey, you're going to Egypt, buddy." Um, he says to, or yeah, the Lord says to Moses, who placed a mouth on humans, who makes the person mute or deaf, seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will help you speak and teach you what to say. And Moses is kind of like pleading with him. He's like, please, Lord, send someone else. And then it says, the Lord's anger burned against Moses. And he said, isn't Aaron your brother? I know he can speak well. He's on his way to meet you. He's going to rejoice when he sees you. I'm paraphrasing, obviously. He, you will speak with him. And tell him what to say. I will help both you and him to speak, and will teach both you what to do. He will speak to the people for you. He will serve as a mouth, and you will serve God to him. Serve as God to him? Serve as God to him. I don't, I don't even know if I understand what that means, to be honest with you. But like that's that's the origin of that. He's like, God, he's like I know there's people who can do this better than you, but I still want you to do it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I love Exodus. But I, I think that uh, Love Exodus. Exodus is a really, really good example of that, where Moses himself is speaking directly to God and saying, nah, not me, dude. And God's like, dude, shut up. Yes, it's going to be you. You have no other option. He, he does it so simply, too. He yeah. just says, like, yeah, no, I've decided otherwise. <laughs> 
<laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I'm God, you're not, so you're doing it? It's just it's such a simple answer to me. He says, well, then who should I say sent me? Who do I tell these people? And he's just like, I am. <laughs> I did it. They like hardly elaborate. Just yeah, I am. I am sent. I I love the 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 per, uh, hmm, the personality of God that you see in Exodus, the different phases of him that you see, and all the different attributes. Where he's like with Moses, he's just like, dude, come on, like we're doing it. And then when with the Egyptians, he's very like stern and like the why did God kill kids? God, and it's just getting to see. I think. Okay, I think I've heard this before, or I might have just made it up. The Old Testament shows us who God is, and the New Testament shows us like why God loves us and how God loves us. I, I feel like the Old Testament is, a, at least for me, a really good way to see the characteristics of God in all of those stories. I don't know. That's just popular. I've never heard that, but I mean, it kind of does make sense. Yeah. I, I just like because in the New Testament Jesus comes and he shows us love and he shows us how we need to live, but in the Old Testament it actually shows us who that three in one Godhead is. But next episode, I have one last okay. thing on okay. Job. This is a much more quicker thing, but we've kind of just ragged on Job's friends this whole time, <laughs> and I mean there's kind of some merit to it. Don't get me wrong, but I would like to come to the defense of Job's friends for a moment, just a moment, because they showed up. When Job needed people, they showed up. What's a friend that only shows up when it's convenient? Yep. Is that a friend at all? Yep. These people came and sat with him in the rubble with nothing and didn't speak for seven days. And they wanted to help even after that. They were misguided, don't get me wrong, but they showed up. How many people would you say in your lives would show up if you lost everything? That's something special. And Job had at least three people. Yeah, I mean, their, <clears throat> their arguments are logical. Like, mm -hmm. it's what I would say. Exactly. Like, I don't know. Well, I think their intentions were good. Nathan, you touched on it either last episode or the episode before for fasting. Like with our group, we have a semblance of that mm -hmm. where it's like, we'll show up for you when you need it. Yeah. And that's what I really respect. Like, and you went as far as to say we have the best friend group in the Eastern Hemisphere. I still think that. I still believe that. That's a big hemisphere, man. Um, but I think I said the East Coast. Yeah, something uh, like that. But still I, a big area. Big coast. Large coast. Big coast. <laughs> I, big like, coast. I don't know if we have that, but we do definitely. And I've seen it this week, just this week, where us doing this us having these bible studies us growing the the core of us that are really digging into god has spread to people that we weren't really trying to preach to we weren't really trying to change in any way but i watch as these people come and they like they're coming to me and they're like hey i've been thinking about this thing uh can you help me real quick and it's just like wow it, God is working in those ways that is it's crazy to see where it's like I wasn't even thinking to reach you like I was thinking maybe I could reach different people but you're one of the people close to me that I should be reaching and just by me digging in just by me learning more and just by me really trying to grab hold of God and the life that he has set out for me it has changed people around me and I think that that's really cool and it's really something that is cool about our friend group. Yeah. 
going to say, and this is the one last draw to Ecclesiastes, but it, it's what sticks out in my brain, <laughs> is pointless is the man who stands alone. For when he falls, there's no one to pick him up. But better is two, for when one falls, the other picks him up. Well, versus that, because that's uh, going on a t-shirt, too. I can't remember where it is in Ecclesiastes. Somewhere I'll in the middle, it. I believe. But it, it's, it's pretty much just the story of, of the man who toils alone in the field. And it even goes on to say, it says, even greater is three, I think. So they, yeah, they, they a bundle of sticks is stronger than one. Mm-hmm. Three can, doesn't say coddle, but coddle and keep warm. That's what it's Something like coddle. that, yeah. yeah. Doesn't it? Wait, is, doesn't it, is it coddle? It might actually. <laughs> yeah, like with know. an O, not a U? I mean, that's that's what it's saying. Because that sounded like yeah. extremely familiar. I don't know. I don't know, whatever. Yeah, but like, better is it to be two as opposed to one. And that's mm-hmm. something I struggle with, is just not doing things on my own. Like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We've had conversations about it, yeah. It's just pointless to do things alone because if you fall then what is there nothing exactly emptiness so next episode we'll pick back up at chapter 31 mm-hmm. or 30 uh, i have 31 31 okay cool so you guys should read chapter 31 to the end of job to get ready for next week's episode but i think i, I really like this conversation i like the book of job and i like the uh kind of things that we're getting into with it uh but like we've hinted at a couple times in this episode, I've been designing shirts. We're going to have summer things coming out, T-shirts for people. Um, I'm going to be doing long sleeve shirts, more hoodies, stuff Dark like depressing that. depressing Ecclesiastes shirts for summer. Yes, I, sir! <laughs> I really want a shirt that just says everything is meaningless Same, on the back. really bad, even if we just make it for ourselves. <laughs> just really one. bright hoodie, like yellow, yes. like smiley face and flowers on it. It just says everything. I want, I want neon idea. pink with black lettering. Yeah. That's what I want. Dude, like summer tie-dye? Yes. Yeah, bro. Uh, but yeah, so we got we got that stuff in the works. We got, uh, we're going to be doing more range days. So if you guys want to actually get on the list for range days, please message me, Dakota Thomas. Um, let us know because we're getting, like people that talk to me about it, I already have them on a list and they're going to be at the next range day. So if you guys don't let us know, we don't know that you're interested. So you want to come shoot with us if you want to learn some stuff or if you want to teach us some stuff we would love to have you we'd love to have you come shooting with us or if you want to come to some bible studies uh we have a bible study at matt's house every friday night if you want to join that uh message at me or matt um but yeah cool stuff's happening and i would really like to be growing with the people listening not just you guys listening to us grow so wait that was banger I don't know what I said. Listen <laughs> it's a good thing this is recorded. Listen. Yeah, listen back, back to it. That was a banger. That uh, was a really good quote. So, this has been the Comic Chaos Podcast, episode 57. Thomas, what do they do? Uh, website's still up there. Keep an eye on it for shirt designs and stuff. Um, got a little bit of footage yesterday. Not very much because the weather was kind of crappy, so Jaden didn't want to bring out his nice expensive cameras and ruin them. So you got a little bit of phone footage. There might be some photos and videos popping up around the place. Check that stuff out. Um, on the website, links to the Instagram and all of the podcast platforms where you can check out the episodes. Yeah, so share it. Give it to your friends. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Bye, everybody. I love you. Bye.